The holiday season, with its gingerbread and gifts and cozy family gatherings, is behind us. But we still have to get through the rest of winter, and that can come with several less exciting disruptions to your organization. With winter storms brewing, your teams need to be prepared in case of a sudden shutdown. So in this episode of HR Party of One, we'll take a look at the five steps to an effective emergency response plan with special attention to severe weather. We'll cover every step of the way from preparation to recovery in the aftermath. By the end, you'll have all the tools you need to respond quickly to winter storms and more, keeping your teams safe and minimizing disruption to your daily operations. We'll discuss why you need to prepare for severe weather and the five parts of an effective emergency response plan, including how to prepare in advance, how to keep employees safe, how to keep operations moving, how to recover afterward, and how to remain compliant along the way. Let's get into it. Why you need to prepare for severe weather. Headquarters for Bernie Portal is in Nashville, Tennessee. In some winters, we hardly see any snow at all. But in spring 2020, a tornado swept through Nashville. Several team members' homes were affected and we had to shut down after losing power at headquarters. So no matter where your organization is located, it's crucial to be prepared in case severe weather does come your way. Most importantly, being prepared can save lives. We all remember the tragic news from December 2021 when a tornado destroyed an Amazon warehouse in Edwardsville, Illinois, and six lives were lost. That tragedy reminds us that even if severe weather is uncommon in your part of the country, it only takes one emergency for your employees' health and safety to be compromised. Making a plan now will help you act faster if and when a winter storm strikes. But while your plan should start with keeping employees safe, it shouldn't end there. Strategizing how to keep your business operating or safely reopen sooner if you have to shut down can minimize lost time and revenue, saving your organization money as well. Finally, a concrete emergency action plan for severe weather can help you stay compliant with federal and state labor laws, including OSHA regulations about workplace safety and FLSA guidance on how to compensate team members during disruptions. We'll talk more about these compliance issues in a few minutes. For now, let's take a look at what steps you can take to create an emergency response plan. We'll focus on severe weather, but most of these steps apply to any sort of unexpected disruption or emergency. Five parts of an effective emergency response plan. Step one, prepare in advance of severe weather. Before the storm even begins to form, your team members should already know what to do in a weather emergency. That means the first thing you should do is communicate your plan to employees. Consider the following questions. At what point will operations switch to remote? At what point will operations shut down? How much notice should employees expect before an inclement weather closure? And what will happen if a storm strikes during work hours? Of course, depending on the industry, some businesses can't work remotely at all. If that sounds like you, you'll have to decide how and when to make the call to shut down during the storm. Employees should know how that decision will be made before it happens. The best way to communicate your plan is to include it somewhere team members can easily refer to it at any time. 
That can mean including the severe weather policy in your culture guide or employee handbook. Or if you use an all-in-one HRIS like Bernie Portal, you can house it in the compliance feature alongside other postings. You can even require employees to sign off acknowledging that they've reviewed it to make sure everyone is up to speed. Now, writing this policy is an important first step, but it's not enough on its own. Go beyond policy review signatures and train team members to know their roles in an emergency. All employees should know where to go and what to do immediately if severe weather strikes. And a few designated leaders should be trained to guide the whole team. Here at Bernie Portal, HR is the designated leadership. And if you're an HR party of one at a small business, it's likely that this responsibility falls on you too. And once everyone knows how to respond in theory, don't forget to practice. Hold regular fire, tornado, and lockdown drills. And for winter weather, be sure to practice or at least review the action plan each year before winter sets in. Step two, keep employees safe. The most common winter weather event is a winter storm, which typically leads to power outages, icy roads, and downed trees and power lines. In this case, use multiple communication channels to let everyone know whether, when, and how they're expected to report to work. As you make decisions, remember to err on the side of safety. If possible, you might consider shifting operations to remote work so team members don't have to navigate treacherous roads to commute to the office. If that's not possible, be cautious about remaining open. Every organization is different, and so is every storm. So don't make the decision to open or close lightly. As important as it is to keep your operations moving, it's even more important to keep your team safe. Step three, keep operations moving. Once you've ensured your employees' health and safety, your next priority should be minimizing the impact to your organization itself. To help with this, you'll need to create a Business Continuity Plan, or BCP. This document includes all the information your organization needs to keep operating during a disruptive event. Anything from a winter storm to a cyber attack to a pandemic. It's designed to help minimize interruptions during a crisis, which supports your business's bottom line by helping you avoid losing customers to better prepared competitors. Your BCP not only explains logistical things like how to run the generator and which employees are essential, it also includes communication with external partners and customers. A good BCP will have a customer support checklist that prepares you to let clients know about how the disruption will affect them and for how long. These effects can include delayed deliveries, slower response times, out-of-office replies, and more. Larger organizations often have their IT departments create the BCP, but at small to mid-sized businesses, this responsibility can fall to HR. Your BCP should include at least these four parts. Contact information for relevant people at the beginning. Instructions on how to use the plan, including who will be involved and when the plan will be implemented. The actual steps to be taken in an emergency and who will take them and instructions for when and how to test and revise the plan. Creating a BCP can be time consuming, but it will be worth it when an emergency strikes and you already know what to do. You just have to follow the plan's instructions. Step four, recover afterward. Once it's safe to return to your physical location, take some time to assess the damage. 
Inspect the property carefully for signs of safety risks to employees or customers. And check for any damage that might be covered by insurance. If the storm damaged your building or destroyed valuable supplies like technology or equipment, call your insurance agent right away before you start cleaning up or moving things around. Finally, ensure safe accessibility to the worksite. That may include shoveling snow, clearing ice, or checking the functionality of heating and water systems. Even if you work in a building that didn't see any damage, you still wanna make sure people can get to that building safely before you ask employees or customers to return. Step five, stay compliant. The final consideration for your emergency response plan is compliance. While you work to prepare for, weather, and recover from a winter storm or other crisis, you'll want to keep compliance in mind every step of the way. Several state and federal laws apply to how your organization handles severe weather, but the two most prominent ones are OSHA and FLSA. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, is a U.S. government agency dedicated to ensuring health and safety standards for employee working conditions. OSHA's mission is to help prevent work-related injuries, illnesses, and deaths. By law, employers must provide their workers with a workplace that doesn't have hazards and must follow all OSHA safety and health standards. Employers must find and correct any known safety and health issues in the workplace. And they must eliminate hazards by making any possible changes in working conditions rather than relying on personal protective equipment such as masks, gloves, earplugs, etc. In the context of a winter storm, the work we discuss to keep employees safe is a good starting point in maintaining OSHA compliance. If an accident or injury does occur, you'll need to report it via Form 300A. HR Party of One has a whole episode on how to fill out this form, and I'll link to it in the description. OSHA itself has also released a detailed handbook for emergencies and evacuations that you can consult as you create your emergency response plan. And they have an overall winter weather guide as well, which is especially helpful if you have employees who work outside. I'll link to both those guides in the description as well. Once you've ensured employees are safe, you also need to make sure they're treated fairly in an emergency, and that includes fair compensation. The Fair Labor Standards Act, or FLSA, outlines which employees must be compensated during severe weather based on their exempt or non-exempt status. Exempt, or salaried workers, are paid a regular rate regardless of the number of hours they work. So as long as they're ready, willing, and able to do their jobs, you still have to pay them under the FLSA, even if you were closed. Non-exempt or hourly employees technically do not have to be compensated for any hours not worked because you were closed. If operations totally shut down and your hourly team members do not work, you don't have to pay them. However, you might consider at least partial pay for these employees as a gesture of goodwill, especially if your organization employs both exempt and non-exempt workers. If it's possible for your budget, compensating all team members while you're closed for a winter storm can help you show your talent that you care about their financial well-being, which can be a great tactic for retention.
If that's not possible, you might allow these employees to make up lost hours after you reopen or approve overtime to help mitigate the lost income. These strategies can help you build a healthy company culture that avoids resentment among some employees who did not get paid while others did. In this episode, we've covered everything you need to know about creating an emergency response plan for severe winter weather, from actions you can take today to recovery once the storm has passed. While an effective response to an emergency is a difficult task, two simple concepts can guide your entire process. Safety is priority one and preparation is key. If you keep those two things in mind as your plan and follow the five steps we've discussed, you'll be on track for a thorough, effective, and compliant emergency response plan for whatever storms come your way. As always, remember that your role is as strategic as you make it.